Hi, well, welcome to the Sports Bar. Join us twice a week for the best sports breakdown show in the 254 with news, analysis, and opinions brought to you by yours truly, Drew. And myself, Kibbs. And please go follow us on our social media accounts Instagram at the Sports Bar KE and on Facebook, the Sports Bar. And since this is the first episode, I thought I'd do something spectacular, you know, really kick it off with a bang with you guys. And that's why I came up with a special. What the hell has been happening in sports, F1 edition? Yeah, so tell us, Kibs, what's been happening in F1? Well, let's kick it off with the driver changes, which all occurred last season to pre-season. And first of all, the Godfather is back. Fernando Alonso is back in F1, driving for the team that gave him two championships. Formerly known as Renault, it's Alpine. Yeah. What do you think about that? It's blue in color, and yeah. not yellow and black. And he's partnering the young Frenchman, Esteban Ocon. Yeah. And other than that, we have two new rookies, with Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen leaving Haas. Mick Schumacher, the legend Michael's son, yeah. is driving the number 47 Haas, partnered by the king of the spin, Nikita Mazepin. The king of the spin, he's only spun like twice. Yeah, you mean in the past 24 hours. <laughs> Dude has been spinning like it's crazy. And despite us changing from black to white, ooh, they have no white knight to save them this season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's go on. And the rookie of the year from F2 last season, Yuki Sanoda gets a seat, the number two seat in Alpha Tauri, backing up the impressive Pierre Gasly. He's been very impressive from the end of last year. I'm really starting to think that Honda engine has something a little bit extra. I mean, you can tell from the Red Bull's performance this year that it's, they're really trying. They're really putting in the effort, yeah? Lazima walieka ka aromat. Ferrari. Speaking of Ferrari, yeah. son of rally championship winner, Carlos Sainz Sr. Yeah. We have Carlos Sainz Jr. driving for Ferrari. Yeah. Moving on from McLaren. The senior is also a Dakar rally world champion. And that's true. Yeah. And he partnered Colin McRae yeah. in the WRC. And with the Sainz and Leclerc driving for Ferrari, this is the youngest lineup we've seen for Ferrari in years. In very long time. With a 25-year-old science partnered by a 22-year-old Leclerc, yeah. Ferrari are looking to the future. The future looks really bright because if you take into account the performances of their cars this past two weekends, yeah. we're only two races into the race here, guys, by the way. So if you're not a Formula 1 fan, you can still catch up to this. But yeah, give it, taking into account uh, their performances, I think Ferrari are, are trending up. Yeah, the SF22 has been really good compared to last season's car. As we saw, Sebastian Vettel didn't have a lot of luck with it, despite finishing on the podium in Turkey. Yeah. Speaking of Sebastian Vettel, he yeah. moved on. Uh, he left Ferrari finally after a lot of struggle, no championships, very few podiums. He decided to try his luck with the former, formerly known as Tracing Point, Aston Martin. Yeah, Racing Point, now known as Aston Martin, rocking a very good-looking green on them. Yeah. They look good. Their delivery looks good. The car doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Exactly my point. <laughs> like with, last season. With the brake ducts really failing them, uh, in the first race at Bahrain, Sebastian Vettel's brakes locked up, crashing into the back of Esteban Ocon, yeah. which gave him a five-second penalty. This weekend, just before the race, Lance Stroll's brakes caught fire. Wait, you know, last year, honestly, their car was a knockoff Mercedes <laughs> from the previous year. So, But let's be honest, as Omar, the team principal, said, the only reason the rest of the grid was complaining is because they didn't think of it first. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that tells an entire story, yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, another mainstay in F1 for the past seven years, Daniel Ricciardo, has moved from Alpine Renault 
and is now driving for McLaren, partnering mm. a very young, impressive driver. A very in, impressive British driver. Yeah, London Norris. My favorite driver. Uh, he's a uh, very loud, very good personality, but very loud. Yeah, but he's a <laughs> heck of a driver, yes. And the partnership is quite impressive. Yeah, and they've had some really tough luck before. Yeah. But this year, I think they're trending up as well. The McLarens have a really good car. Mm. And yeah, and Lando was in the podium yesterday, if you didn't watch the race. And, and finished in fourth at Bahrain. At Bahrain, yeah. So they're trending up and they, they look scary, guys. They look scary. Yeah, hopefully Dunrick will get comfortable with the car real quick yeah. and we'll have a real race on our hands. Yeah. And the last bit of musical chairs was Checo. Mm. He, earlier in the season last year, it was announced he'll be leaving uh, Racing Point to be replaced by uh, Sebastian, Sebastian Vettel. Vettel yeah. And there was a lot of confusion on whether he'd have a seat or not. Yeah. But in that last race in Bahrain last season where he won, yeah. he was given the second seat at Red Bull. Yeah. The expense of Alexander Albon, yeah. which was very sad. But Chego is a good driver, so yeah, it's good having him on the grid. Yeah. yeah and expecting an interesting battle between himself, Bottas, and, you know, the Valtteri. Valtteri is having a really tough year right now, so... Yeah, I think he's if, overrated. If the this. Red Bulls are good as they look, then they might knock off Mercedes off the patch and just take over the Constructors' Championship. Uh, well, um, my my vision for this would be different. I think Mercedes will defend the Constructors, but I don't think they're taking the world right With Checo part of that Red Bull team, they might just knock them off in the Constructors' title. Because mm. if they are consistent enough and if Checo brings in all the good performances, yep. I think they have a chance of knocking off Mercedes. But let's look at his past two races so far in the season. Well, listen, he's also <laughs> getting comfortable in the car. So you can't really blame him. It's only two races in. So let's see what the season has in store for us all. But all in all, we have an exciting yeah, for Formula One fans out here. Yeah. Join us each and every week for Formula One reviews. That's all the time we had for what the hell's been happening in the world of sports, Formula One edition. Uh, let's move to the next segment, which is called uh, the Weekend Recap. So, Bruh, that Gibbs, sounds like yeah? a good plan. You know why? Tell me, recap your weekend for me. Eh? Football-wise, how, how, how was it? A lot of shit went down. Let's start it off with the Serie A, yeah. where there's a manager who thinks starting 2015's golden boy, Alvaro Morata, is a brilliant strategy to winning a game. It, maybe it is. Yeah. It's proven to be for them a couple of games, but <laughs> apparently yesterday it wasn't. Uh, it refused. Uh, Juventus were unable to overcome top four rivals Atalanta in a heated game which saw Malinowski getting the winning goal. Mm-hmm. Morata and his cohorts were unable to fight back. And this might be worth noting, uh, the GOAT CR7 was unavailable. Yes, so this is Ronaldo-less Juventus. Yeah, but still, with such a squad, you do not need one player to carry on his back the whole season. Which squad are you talking about? It's not as if they have superstars right and center of of the squad. Dybala I mean, uh, is usually on the bench nowadays. But he Kiesa has been performing well, but yesterday was very ineffective. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, moral of the story, despite you underrating the squad, is I believe Pirlo should be sacked, thrown in the bin, join Sari, go how to smoke or something. But don't manage a football team. Maybe take lessons from Antonio Conte. <laughs> Antonio Conte is a brilliant strategist. Yeah. They were unable to beat Napoli into Milan. However, they did draw 1-1 in the race to the Scudetto, which sees them having a substantial lead 
over local rivals AC Milan. So you enter for the win? I still think it's a bit early to say because Piole and, and AC Milan are really struggling to get back. But yeah, they won their game this weekend. 2-1 yes. against Genoa in a game which was quite entertaining for the neutral. Mm-hmm. AC Milan have been a truly rejuvenated squad this season mm-hmm. and all it took is a 40-year-old man. Yeah. yeah, Zlatan. Zlatan is back. Yes. Unfortunately, he was unavailable due to a red card based on dissent from the last game. Funny stuff, but... AC Milan still triumphed yeah. with Rafael Leao leading the line. And we also saw a really good game in Lazio versus Benevenuto. This was the battle of the brothers with Simone and Filippo Inzaghi managing both squads. Yeah. Unfortunately, Simone beat his brother to a new level. Yeah. 5-3 on the day yeah. with Shiro Immobile and Filippo Caicedo showing their worth. Sounds like a very interesting weekend in Syria. It was. But now let's come to the one where everyone has been watching, talking about. And I really want to know your thoughts on Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho and Tottenham. They seem to be having a horrid time. They had a really interesting start to the year. Everyone was for them. They were they had really good performances at the beginning of the season. True. But they've sort of dipped. Even Friday, the two goals that Hurricane scored for their draw against Everton, uh, it was a 2-2 draw against Everton on Friday. They were just lucky goals, some mistakes by Everton defenders that were really unnecessary. Not defenders, Michael Keane. <laughs> we <laughs> don't consider him a defender over here, by the way. Yeah, we consider him Kane's strike partner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gilfie Sigurdsson did, would disagree with you. Yeah. Everton really fought in that game. And yes. On a different day, it would have been a five-goal thriller with 3-2 in Everton's favor. Yeah, Sigurdsson is really rejuvenated. Yeah. Everton looked like they're trending up. But yeah, let's see what the future holds for them. In other news, Arsenal drew. Yeah, 1-1 against Fulham. Yeah, so... I have to be honest, I'm not surprised. In a game that they were losing, actually, yes? Yeah, there were a goal down with, I think, a goal disallowed. Yeah. Danny Ceballos having the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. disallowed. VR and Manenos. Yeah, but youngster Edin Ketia came yeah. to save them in the 97th. 90, 90 plus? 90 plus 7. Ish. The 97th minute. Don't do it to Me, yeah. I was honestly waiting for... Aguero! But, but it was wrong team. <laughs> wrong yeah. team, man. Yeah. And uh, what else happened in uh, the world of the Premier League? United won their game against Burnley yesterday with a very clinical performance from the one wonder kid, Mason Greenwood. Yeah, I saw that. Two goals. Pretty yeah. impressive. However, let's not forget the on-loan midfielder from Manchester United, Lingardinho. Lingardinho. Suffered his first loss since signing for West Ham. Yeah, he lost a game with Lingard in the lineup. And Did he pick up an injury? Yeah, he picked up an injury. That's unfortunate for West Ham, yeah. who really had a good head of steam and looked to be securing that top four with the, under David Moyes. Yeah. I mean, if you told me five years ago David Moyes would be chasing the top four, mm. I'd have had you committed into a mental That's after he had a suicidal career in Spain with, was it Valencia? Uh, Valencia. <laughs> Valencia. Yeah. No, it was Sociedad. Yeah, it was real Sociedad. Sorry, yeah, yeah, real Sociedad. It was very suicidal. Yeah, and I mean, it's just a lot that's been going on. And the FA Cup, Thomas yeah. Tuchel. Chelsea, actually, yeah, yeah. In the Premier League, they have a game in hand because they were playing this weekend against uh, 
Manchester City, the great, yeah. the great depressors. Yeah, with Pep <laughs> putting up a pretty strong squad yeah. to take up Thomas Tuchel and his Chelsea side. Watuangu was put pesa poleni sana. With Hakim Ziyech getting the goal. Yeah, Hakim Ziyech got the goal which knocked Man City out of the FA Cup and yeah. Chelsea into the final. And That's... unfortunately for Pep, it was like hit after hit because he not only lost the game but De Bruyne to an ankle injury. Yeah, but what do you think of Tuchel's, Tuchel, yes, Thomas, Thomas Tuchel, rejuvenation <laughs> of Chelsea. Was it? I mean, I used to watch a lot of Bundesliga. I saw him manage Mainz. I yeah. saw him manage Dortmund. He's um, also had a suicidal career at Paris. Yeah, and the thing with Tuchel is I don't think he's the manager for Chelsea. I just think he's a good manager, but not a Based on the performances, Talent. I think everyone would disagree with you. They would. And then I'd laugh at them when they are proved wrong. <laughs> oh, in how many years? <laughs> no, I'm willing to guarantee they might win the CFA Cup. And that's a huge might because they're Do you realize Chelsea are still in the Champions League? Do you realize they're going to be knocked out? <laughs> Chelsea are still in the Champions League. And so I give them to... a fighting chance. And that would be a real story if Thomas Tuchel actually won the Champions League with Chelsea. And... Paris is the main again. Remember the last manager who won a Champions League with Chelsea and where he is now. <laughs> we'll not name Roberto. Is it Roberto Martinez? No, it was uh, Nani, AVB. Yeah. Oh, Andres Village Yeah. But anyway, we'll be on a PTS struggles yeah. like He was sacked by Marseille early in the season, but that's not the point. Yeah. And- I genuinely don't believe. Uh, Chelsea will win the FA Cup because they're going against uh, EA Hanacho inspired. Yeah, Leicester also had a game this weekend against Southampton. And he has scored in the past 10 games. He is on form. This is a title-challenging form for a striker. This is the same type of form that Jamie Vardy had when he won the league. Yeah, so do you think they're going to go all the way and lift the FA Cup? I will say this. I don't think it will be a game decided before the ball is kicked. Yeah. I genuinely believe Chelsea have the capacity to win. Yeah. But Leicester have the hunger. Chelsea have the talent to win. And not if they're going to bench everyone who Tuchel doesn't like. <laughs> I mean... They're fighting on two fronts, on the Champions League and the FA Cup. And I think, yeah, they are probably going to go home with one of those titles. But probably not the Champions League. And when they do nothing of the sort, I'm going to laugh for a few days at your expense. In other news. <laughs> in uh, other news, let's talk about Barcelona and the resurgence. Yeah, let's go. Let's I dive would, into La Liga Kidogo. I would not. It's not even La Liga. The oh, yeah. They, they won the Copa del Rey final, which was this Four weekend, nil. but they're against Athletic Bilbao. Hey, it's more like Bilabao because <laughs> they were trashed. Only big were Bilabao. <laughs> I mean, taking 4 nil against Barcelona, it's not shocking, but With it should Messi. be shocking in this context. With Messi looking like the goat. Yeah, with a brace for him, a brace for, uh, what's his name, Antoine Griezmann, who yeah. came into the game and won it for them. Barcelona have had a really resurgent season, yeah? Yeah, They had sure. a terrible start to the season with uh, the sacking of their, man, their president. They yeah. had problems. They've had elections through the years. There's been uncertainties about Coman's situation as the manager of the team. Messi was supposed to have left at the end of last season. And okay. right now, there are only three points off the top of La Liga, having yeah. been almost 10 or 15 by However, half of the season. However, they might be close, but they're not going to get it. Yeah. Diego Simeone's side is inspired. Atletico Madrid have one thing that Barcelona have lacked the whole season and you could give them the win. Yeah. 
and that's called a Luis Suarez. <laughs> the title challenge in La Liga <laughs> is really interesting, by the way. No, because Real are only two points behind. Three. Two. It's two points behind Atletico. But and Atletico then Barcelona have... are three points behind Atletico. Yeah, with a game in hand. Uh, yeah. They didn't play this weekend, yeah, so Barcelona didn't. have a game in hand. Yeah, so when they win that game, they go two points. Two points behind Atletico. Atletico. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it's still open with up to six games still to play. Yeah. And anything can happen. Anything mm. can, but if there's one thing I know about Simeone's team, they will cheat to win. Well, <laughs> they've been flaking of late since, when was it? I think their last five games have been really... Not good. Yeah, but they came back against Ibar and won 5-0 without Luis Suarez anywhere near the squad. I don't know if he had picked up an injury. They've or... picked up a few injuries with yeah. Jao Felix also being out for a while. However, Marcos Llorente came in and showed his worth. And every time he scores, I'm happy because he's a the, former Real player. Yeah, those are the packs of having a really deep squad. Talking about Madrid, they had a nil-nil draw this weekend. Yes, and it's the squad depth which uh, came back to haunt Zizou as he had to rotate his players, give them a rest. And we saw a toothless team led up front by Mariano. Benzema came in in the 68th plus minute, but... I thought really Mariano didn't. was one heck of a striker. Last oh. I remember, he was making headwaves in Paris. Yeah, and you see, there's a difference between playing in France and playing in La Liga. Yeah, you in Allegedly, but mm-hmm. PSG have made it far two seasons in a row in the Champions League. Maybe things are going to change. That's because they have enough money. Yeah. You know, invested in that squad. And I truly do believe money would buy you a title eventually. Man City. <laughs> but touching on PSG, I just want to laugh at the expense. Mm. I genuinely believe Maurizio Pochettino is allergic to titles. <laughs> I think <laughs> they're in the latter stages of the Champions League, so you'd mm. you'd be forgiven for thinking that I mean, they... if you can't defend the league, oh, losing it to Lille, it's who are captained through... by a 37-year-old Joseph Font. The league is not yet. Former Southampton reject. It's, the league is not yet over, is it? It's close. Yeah, four games. It's close. It's four games and the difference is like three points. Three points. Yeah, and PSG actually survived this weekend. Hell of a scare from Saint-Étienne. They won at the death as well, like 3-2, <laughs> after yeah coming back from a goal down. Exactly. Yeah, But let's see how they do in the Champions League, yes? Yeah. And unless you have anything left, I believe that is the end of the weekend recap. But you guys have got to let us know your thoughts. Please hit us up on social media just so we can laugh at Drew's expense with his thoughts. Yeah, Instagram <laughs> at the Sports Bar KE, Facebook, oh, the, the Sports Bar. Bar. Yeah. yeah, let's move on from the weekend recap into another segment we call the Sports Bar selection. This is where we both get to pick a sport that we think is going to have the biggest impact for the rest of the week. So, Mr. Kibbs. Yep. What say you? What what do you think is going to have the biggest impact? I mean, there are a lot of really juicy games coming up this week. We have Chelsea and Brighton. We have uh, Leeds and Liverpool. But my pick has to do with Carlo Ancelotti versus Mikel Arteta. Everton versus Arsenal, which will be on Friday night. Now, the reason I really think this game will have huge implications is because of the positions of each team on the table. Uh, Everton managed to be ahead of Arsenal who are in ninth, Everton in 8th, with a three-point difference despite Everton having a game in hand. So this is a must-win situation for Mikel Arteta if he wants to finish within the top 10 because breathing down their necks are Leeds and Aston Villa, who both have games on hand on Arsenal. And genuinely, I believe Arsenal really need this win. After failing to get the better of Fulham over the weekend in a London derby, there's a lot of pressure on Arteta and his team. 
especially seeing Aubameyang having been dropped for the last two games due to problems in the back room. There's just so much negativity surrounding the dressing room and the team at this moment that if nothing changes, I do not see Arteta finishing the season as Arsenal manager. So Arsenal Everton on Friday night, yes? Yes. That's your pick of the week. That's my pick of the week. I wish I could talk about something else, but genuinely there's just so much football this week that there's, there's really nothing else I could have thought of bringing up. And they deserve a bit of life. <laughs> so maybe it will be a surprising game, a very interesting game. Every time Arsenal and a team from Merseyside meet, there's a lot of goals, a lot of free-flowing football. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe we'll get to see Arteta actually get the better of a tactical mind like Carlo Ancelotti, who has won the Champions League. Or we'll see Ancelotti put this young man in his place. Yes, so, maybe. So, Friday night. It? Arsenal versus Everton. Sit down and watch that game. What about you, Drew? My pick is tonight, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's still football. There is a very interesting game tonight uh, in terms of the dynamics on the table. There is yeah. uh, Liverpool Leeds. Actually, I mentioned that. So yeah, you're Liverpool, just stealing my ideas at this point. Liverpool Leeds. Uh, Liverpool are fifth, uh, sixth on the table currently yeah. with... Uh, Breathing down the neck of Chelsea, who didn't have a game this weekend because they were playing in the FA Cup. Yeah, Chelsea actually play tomorrow night against Brighton. Yeah, and if Liverpool win the game today, they go up to fifth. That's a, that's a I, step forward. I, I mean, they're the former champions, yes. Fifth, not fourth. Are you sure West Ham no. will stay above? Them? Yeah, they'll stay above West Ham, but they have a game in hand, wow. I think. Yeah. And Leeds, if Leeds win tonight, they go above Arsenal, piling more misery on your so-called... <laughs> Brilliant manager, Mr. Mikel Arteta. His life is hard. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, a win for Leeds today and Marcelo Bielsa, they go above Arsenal into the top eight. Yeah, that's a good return for a team that just got promoted back to the league. Yes, True. Not many of them do actually stay in the top ten. I mm. believe the last one was Sheffield United last season. But yeah. before them, we would have to look a bit further back. But Bielsa has really shown the Premier League a different life, a different class of football. Yeah, it's it's free-flowing and it's very entertaining. Maybe the English clubs should also take it up. But yeah, my pick for the week is the Liverpool-Leeds game tonight. Mm-hmm. Tune in. And yeah, see you. <laughs> That's what you're looking into. I, I don't know, generally. I believe Liverpool season is over. I think Leeds will finish in 11th. Uh, no offense to Marcelo Bielsa and his men. But that's a good pick because Klopp and Bielsa, even in their first game, it ended 4-3. Yeah. And they play such open, expansive football. And right now with Liverpool's men shooting blanks, yeah. I believe... They're really struggling and they need the win today just yeah. to move up the table, Kidogo. And Leeds are coming in with a head of steam after demolishing City last weekend. With exactly. And they know they have... And they know that if they get the win today, they go up to eighth on the table. So they have an incentive to to perform. So, so yeah, my pick for the Mr. Drew's pick Leeds Liverpool yeah. tonight, and mine Arsenal versus Everton on Friday night. You guys had better tune in. But also, let us know what you guys think of the games of the week. Yeah, it doesn't have to be football. You could tell us. Maybe there's a. Uh, Something like you think curling. there's something more impactful for the week. Tell us Basketball. through our social medias. Yeah. Uh, follow us at the Sports Bar KE on Instagram, at on Facebook. The Sports Bar. And let's have a conversation. Yeah. And now it's time for the final segment of the day, which we call Opinions and Predictions. 
Uh, basically, we're just going to rant and try and be entertaining. So, Drew, what do you have for us? Uh, my opinion this week is based on some breaking news we just got. Apparently, Jose, Jose Mourinho, mm-hmm. the former, yes, now former Tottenham manager was just sacked. Who didn't see that coming anyway? Uh, it was obvious. I mean, the team has been in a downward spiral since December. Tottenham have just been shambles since December. He's been having personal issues with players in the dressing room. Yeah. Players have come out honestly to criticize him out in the public. He's done the same. So it's been a back and forth. And I think Daniel Levy just uh, thought it was about time to... to Bin him. Yeah, you know, just steady the ship, Kidogo. <laughs> and yeah. plus, they're only six days away from the Carabao Cup final. How do you think this is going to affect them? And I think, personally, I've never been a fan of Jose Mourinho. I just think he plays anti-football. It's too defensive, not expansive. And You're talking about one of the greatest managers that has ever graced the football scene. Bro, this guy has won the Champions League how many times? How many teams? Okay, okay, so there is no way you can qualify him as a as a bad manager. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he's... Anti-football is bad. Eh, I'm not saying he's a bad manager. I just think he's not an evolving manager. I don't think he's ever changed his tactics since 2004. At the beginning of the year, it seemed like he'd caught up. It's like COVID slowed everything down so Mourinho can catch up. <laughs> you know, like football slowed down. Jose got Tottenham all worked up. They were playing some really nice football during the course of the season. And then all of a sudden, everything just went south. Yeah, you see, the problem with Mourinho, I think he's just a bit too old school in terms of how he carries out. He's a born winner. And that aggression is not what modern-day football is about. I think I think that's... Modern-day footballers are soft. Yeah. And Mourinho is sort of the hardcore manager who tells it like it is. I mean, when you've been managing Pepe and Sergio Ramos and then you come in midfield zones, <laughs> life is hard. <laughs> Tanganga. Tanganga. <laughs> Yeah, as in bottom line is Tottenham have been free-falling from December. But yeah, breaking news, Jose Mourinho has just been sacked. Um, and yeah, that makes the topic of my opinion today. I'm going to be happy for him. He made £30 million from being sacked. I mean, yes. if I was off for £30 million in euros, Don't you be fired, it too, man. I, bro, I'd be happy. Not on on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, Jose is gone. Time to look forward to Tottenham fans. So... Yeah. yeah. Lindsay, uh, what's, what do you have in your opinion? I mean, you know, I've been a fan of this manager since 2010, uh, watching him win the Bundesliga, take it away from a dominant Bayern, rescuing a Borussia Dortmund team in crisis financially. Yeah. And I've seen him come through with some of the best players. And it's always sad to see his burnouts. Because as good a manager as he is, when he burns out, he burns out completely. I'm obviously talking about Jürgen Klopp. Yeah, if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, uh, Klopp is a great manager, but his high-intensity brand of football is not a long-lasting... Uh, what? It's not a long-lasting brand, of, brand football. of football because it requires a lot of squad rotation and young players. See, when he won, uh, I think it was three in a row in the Bundesliga, he had a young team and kept on changing it up. You know, like you had Lewandowski, but if he left, you had Shiro Immobile. So you thought Liverpool were going to Trent Alexander, Robertson, and all those are young folks. They're, they're young, but look at the core of the team. 
the, the you front have three. Not just the front three, including the midfield. You have an aging midfield and attack force who are prone to injuries. If we look at Jordan Henderson, Gini Wijnaldum, Thiago, Fabinho, all these players are prone to injuries during the course of the season. Even James Milner, who's been playing in the Premier League man for, of steel yeah 20 years now but yeah. his ligaments are giving out he's an old man now you can't expect him to do all the running he's been doing for the past 20 years so what do you put down to Liverpool's free fall okay what it all started to? okay a lot of people are pointing to the start point of Liverpool's failure being uh Van Dijk's injury yeah. but that's not true Van Dijk was there for the 7-2 demolition as at Aston Villa they just became sloppy from the end of last season when they won the league. When it was announced they won the league, they yeah. just became sloppy. and One and done. Yeah, I think that uh, they were too content. They weren't hungry anymore. They had the Champions League. They had the Premier League. Now a lot of the players were thinking, I need to move on. Sadio Mane had um, attracted uh, interest from Real Madrid. Mo Salah was being looked into by... Uh, Barcelona. But they revamped the squad a bit. They brought in Diogo Jota. Jota has been the only player I'd honestly say this season who's been trying to fight. But again, he's injury prone. How many games has he missed during the course of the season? There's no one to motivate the front three. So he's working alone, eh? Yeah, he's been working <laughs> alone, basically. Because if you look at the bench, City have uh, Liverpool have a pretty good bench. It's 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 not a bad bench to look at when you have the likes of Jordan Shakiri, uh, Oxley Chamberlain, Curtis Jones, who came through from the academy. It's Naby Keita, yeah. who's been terrible. But these are big players. You expect them to be there for crunch time, like Divock Origi in the Champions League. But they've been them. flailing. Yeah, and when one player just fails, it carries through to the whole team. Look at Alexander Arnold. They used to say the Liverpool tactic was cross inshallah, <laughs> like cross in. God be with you. Yeah. You just hope for someone to make contact. And when people learn, if you want to shut Trent out of a game, don't let him cross. His defensive capabilities were better. Yeah, defensive-wise, he's not the strongest. And that's what has led him to even be dropped from the England national team. Last year, a lot of people were tipping him to go to the Euros as the number one right back, replacing Kyle Walker and Kieran Trippier. But now, he's not even going. With the rise of Tariq Lamperty, uh, Arunwan Bisaka, um, uh, what's this like Rhys James yeah. like there's so much competition in that position if you're not an all-rounder you have nothing to do basically I think if Liverpool really want to have a better squad for next season the first step would be to remove Trent from the right back position now hold up with me I'm not saying drop him he's a very good player I think they should go the Kimmich route and put him in central midfield have him as a deep line midfielder who supplies passes have mm. Fabinho train better to be a centre-back and have that reservation of having a six-foot-three defender just there if you need him in Fabinho. Have Henderson and Naby Keita or Gini Wijnaldum if he'll stay run around Trent in the middle of the park. Yeah, that's that's Lindsay's opinion yeah. on, on Liverpool's troubles this season. <laughs> so that, that's, that's the only way I see them moving forward. And honestly, they need to replace the front three. I think Sadio, Mo and uh, Bobby have been very good servicemen for Liverpool, but I think it's time for them to look for better things. I think Harry Wilson coming back from loan, partner him up with Diogo Jota up front and bring in a young, sprightly left winger to replace Sadio Mane. And they'll have a good team going forward. All right. That's... That's it on the opinions. So but what? So you've talked about Mourinho a lot today. What do you think about their game against uh, 
Sorton. Yeah, we have a few games coming up this week. <laughs> uh, we'll give you a heads up tonight. We have uh, Liverpool playing against Leeds tomorrow, I think, yeah. It's yeah. Chelsea Brighton. Yeah. And then Wednesday we have Spurs Sorton. Sutton is Southampton mostly, yeah. So yeah. Thursday there is Villa Man City. Yeah. And then on and also Wednesday, Leicester and West Brom. Don't forget that. Yeah, Leicester and West Brom. On Wednesday, we have some La Liga. Atletico play Huesca. Uh, Barcelona play Getafe. And Real play Cardiff. Cardiff. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to predict a few of these games. Lindsay is going to have uh, like two, three. Yeah. And then I'm going to have three. Uh, and then you guys can predict with which games you think will happen on our social media handles. Yeah, follow us at the Sports Bar KE on Instagram. And the Sports Bar on Facebook. Uh, so the games, um, Lindsay, which games are you having? Uh, I think I'll kick things off with Villa and City. Okay, and so, this is for a very specific reason. Yeah. Dean Smith's side have been impressive this season. Yeah. Two games in hand, 11th, and they could win both games and move up all the way to eighth. Without Jack Grealish. Most. Without Jack Grealish. Yeah. But they travel to City who are wounded. They've lost two games on the trot and there's no Kevin De Bruyne. They're top of the league though. And there's no Kevin De Bruyne who's their creative spark. Uh, Bernardo has been underwhelming this season. So my prediction for this game, which might sound a bit loony, I think it will be a 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw. Yeah. Uh, Villa are home. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll have motivations. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, my one of my games is the Chelsea Brighton game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Chelsea are gonna win the game just because of the the importance of it. If they win the game, they go above West Ham in the table into fourth mm. and directly into a Champions League spot. So prediction is Chelsea win. Uh, three nil. Chelsea win. Three nil. Yeah. Well, you were a braver man than me. <laughs> Uh, okay, let me change things up. Let's talk uh, La Liga. Yeah. And Real Madrid, Cadiz. Yeah, Real Madrid are third on the table currently. Yeah, and last time these two teams... No, they are second, actually. Second yeah. with Barcelona yet to play. Yeah. And the last time these two teams met, Cadiz won. Yeah. So uh, how do you see it going this week? Okay, I think despite the draw at Hetafe, there was a lot of player rotation that happened. I see Real coming back with a strong squad for this game. Benzema leading the line. Uh, on his sides, maybe Asensio and Vinicius, or maybe Rodrigo and Vinicius. Midfield, we could see uh, a Modric and Cruz partnership, which has been really good for them. Uh, I think Real will win this comfortably. 3-0. 3-0, yeah. yeah 3-0. Uh, sticking to La Liga, the... Top of the table team are Atletico Madrid. Yep. Uh, they are playing against Huesca on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, on Wednesday. And Atleti have been on a downward spiral, Kidogo. I believe from now, the Real and Barcelona have managed to <laughs> close, the gap, close yeah. the gap drastically and within a very short period of time. But they should win this one comfortably. So 2-0, Atleti win. 2-0. Yes. Uh, and for my final pick of the week, I think I'll talk about Barcelona and uh, Getafe. Getafe. I mean, they've come from winning a Copa del Rey against Athletic Bilbao, a very strong team in La Liga. So Getafe uh, managed to nudge out a draw against Real Madrid, and they're inspired by a player on the wing called Cucarella. I think Getafe have enough in them to frustrate Barcelona as well. Mm-hmm. My prediction, 3-2 to <laughs> Getafe. 3-2 to Getafe against Barcelona. 
I think the Camp Nou will be in tears. Okay. <laughs> uh, my other game is the managerless Spurs, mm. who are playing against Southampton on Wednesday. Yep. Uh, and don't forget, there will be no hurricane probably due to his injury. Yeah, he picked weekend. up a knock over the weekend. Yeah. So this Spurs game is going to be really tricky because they're going to be recovering from... Uh, from the loss of their manager. Mm. So it will really depend whether they're demoralized or... But you, you should always remember, Sotom is the team people build their self-esteem against. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Spurs win comfortably 2-1. 2-1? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. Like, out of all the numbers you said, this is, yeah. this is the one I'm skeptical about. I'll tell uh, you why. Yeah. There's no Kane. Son yeah. is a bit out of form. There's no manager. There's have Vinicius. There's uh, what's the name? Oh, that, that's that's not a striker. That's that's a post. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, uh, on the last their defense, yeah. they're not really impressive. I, I'd say a nil nil draw. Nil nil draw. Yeah. I'm I'm sticking to my Spurs win. Okay. Uh, the last game of the week, uh, we're gonna do the Leeds Liverpool game, which is tonight. Uh, Leeds need a win to climb above Arsenal in the table. Liverpool, if they get a win today, they Liverpool climb above Chelsea in the table up to fifth. So, yeah, it's an incentive for Liverpool to win. And, yeah, I think they've had enough loss <laughs> for a season for, for, for champions. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go out on the limb here and say Liverpool are going to whoop Leeds. So, 3-0, uh, 4-0 trashing. I am going to say this. And I'll only say it once. Yeah. And I'll only say it once so it's not held against me in a court of law. Patrick Bamford, two goals. One goal for Musala. 2-1 to Leeds. 2-1 to Leeds. 2-1 to, to Leeds. Okay then. Yeah, that's it uh, for the games of the week. <laughs> uh, what a way to kick off our first episode, Drew. Mm. Are you as happy as I am? I'm very excited. I really hope you guys are happy. I mean, it's a sports bus. We didn't get as drunk as we might have wanted to, but it was still a fun, fun episode. And on that ridiculous note, we welcome you to the bar again this Friday. Thank you for joining us and remember to follow us on our socials, Instagram at the Sports Bar KE. And on Facebook, the Sports Bar. Now, if you'll end the show, I need another drink. Thank you very much and see you next time.